It's time to sit down and relax for the good, the bad, and the sequel Q&A with your host, Doug. Hey there. Last week's sequel was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Part 3, the time-traveling one when they go to Japan. Still wish that there was more pizza, more fighting, and more cowabungas. But it was definitely nostalgic watching the turtles, and it led to one of my favorite interviews to date, and that is with suit actor for Raphael, Matt Hill. Matt Hill is a Canadian super nice guy who brought energy right from the beginning and kept that energy till the very end. The stories on how he got started in acting, landed his role as Raphael is just wild, and how he found his voice for Ed from Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Also, he tells me a story about an ABC series about the Turtles that almost happened that sounded pretty awesome. Matt is such a caring individual that uses his success to give back through a running campaign he did called Run for One Planet. So let's start the interview. So you're you're originally from Vancouver, born and raised? Yes, indeed. Born and raised, lad. Born and raised. Awesome, awesome. Uh, me and my wife lived yeah. in uh, Oregon for a few years. So oh, not too far. It's a, yep. Yeah. Yep, totally. It's, uh, you know, the West Coast is so, it's amazing, hey? It's like so the same in many ways, but so incredibly different. Yeah, no, you definitely. Know? Yeah. Oh, for Great. sure. Were you guys in Portland? Yeah, we were in Portland, yeah, for a few years. Yeah. Fantastic. It's a yeah. beautiful, actually, Portland's a really cool town. I like that. Yeah, we loved it. We we went and visited, and then w- within like a couple months, we drove all the way from New Jersey all the way out there. Oh, so. nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very, very cool, man. Right on. Well, thanks for having me on your uh, most illustrious show, compadre. <laughs> well, thanks for taking the time. I really appreciate it. And uh, uh, I oh, bet you if, I was, if it was like seven or eight-year-old me and having this conversation, yeah. I'd be like mind blown that I'm talking to a Ninja Turtle. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. I was telling somebody else, um, my sort of my version of that, um, you know, a couple of days ago was when I met Brian May from Queen, um, over in London. And it was actually the premiere of a, a movie I was a voice on. And, uh, I, you know, I get this tap on my shoulder and like, literally you kind of do this slow burn slot, you know, to the right. And, uh, I see this like very tall person standing next to me. So it kind of, you know, pan up and like, holy crap. That's Brian May. Right? I mean, that's the only thing you can say. You're you're Brian May. He's like, hey, bloody good job, man. <laughs> uh, that's great. Like, I love your music, man. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but we all have it. Uh, you know, the Ninja Turtles was something cool to be a part of. That's for sure. Oh, definitely, man. So how did you uh, get started? Like, I can look at your IMDb and like I read your bio, and but how did you get into acting? Like, what what brought that on? You know, it's wild. My like, be honest with you, my light my light bulb moment went on a couple times really early on. Like, I used to be a big watcher of a a show. This is this will show my age. When I was a kid, there was a show called The Partridge Family. Oh yeah, and it, it, you remember them? You know, the band they they formed a band and they you know went all over the place. And uh, I kind of got that first hit of going, oh, I'd like to do something like that. And, um, you know, and then I guess when I turned, so then me and my, you know, my mates and, and the gals that, that, you know, lived on my cul-de-sac, we would have, you know, every Friday night or whatever we call monkey hour. And we would just literally, you know, make these, you know, performances and acts and, you know, sing and go crazy. And, uh, 
Um, and then when I turned 13, I'm like, man, your life is half over. I don't know why I thought my life was half over 13, but you know, I thought, Hey, you know, if I want to do this as like as a career, um, I better get on it. And so, you know, that was really my big light bulb moment where I went, okay, you know, really take your destiny in your hands right now. And, you know, um, I convinced my parents I was too sick to go to school, you know, the old classic, um, you know, the second they left the door to go to work, I was like literally beeline, um, you know, an hour away on the bus and, um, I went into an agency that um, I'd heard, you know, on the radio that we're taking new actors uh, or, you know, because of the burgeoning industry in Vancouver, um, you know, they were needing new actors. And um, so, I, you know, I showed up and um, it was amazing. You know, the, the lady who became my agent, Dorothy Boyce, really took a chance on me, you know, and, um, you know, she, she was this ex-model from New York. And, you know, I come up to the top of the three flights of stairs and, you know, shrouded in this cloud of smoke. Cause you could still smoke back in there, you know, back in the day yeah. inside. And, you know, she's like, what do you want? You know? And I'm like, Oh, Hey, my name's Matt Hill. And I really wanted to be an actor for a long, long time. And, you know, and she did the old classic, like, so she get any experience, Matt Hill, you know, you seem pretty young, you know? And I'm like, well, no, but I've wanted to do it forever. And, you know, I, I just convinced my parents, I was too sick to go to school. So I really, really need to make this happen. And, uh, you know, she, I remember hearing her mother saying, you know, either I'm crazy or delusional or I'm the smartest agent in the world because, uh, you know, there's something about you, kid. And, you know, um, she said, OK, I'll make you a deal. If you sign up for this course so that you don't let me down taking a chance on you, I'll take a chance on you. And, um, you know, I'm happy to say that that literally was, you know, like I, it was about a three month course. And uh, I booked my first professional gig about three weeks later and I was able to pay her back from fronting me the money. and. Uh, you know, interestingly enough, I'm with the same agency for like what over 30 years now. Oh wow, that's amazing. <laughs> so it, uh, yeah, I was like, you know, it was a big, uh, you know, little did I know that it was going to be sort of a journey like that, you know. Yeah, and then that's when what, that first gig was that when you were on Bionic Woman. No, that was okay. my so unofficially officially that was my first sort of like foray into film and TV. Oh okay, um, but. For, you know, for the purposes of being able to pay my agent back, I got to play Santa's lead elf at the Christmas display at the mall, you know, down in Vancouver here. And uh, so, you know, in, in like basically three weeks of the Christmas season in like 1980, God, what was that, been like 1984, uh, I made more money in three weeks than I probably had made in like my entire life. You know, oh, wow. so I was like, okay, you know what? I like this. I'm good. This is fun. Yeah. <laughs> I love Christmas, you know, so, <laughs> but, um, you know, and then it took a couple of years before, you know, when say like the first film and TV stuff came and then, um, you know, um, I got a, one of the last live radio shows that was being done here, um, for our national broadcaster, it was called CBC. So it was coast to coast from, from St. John's, from Vancouver to St. John's, Newfoundland. So, um, it was, uh, like a very cool moment. Yeah, that's awesome. And now, like going based on your IMDb, your first credit yeah. on here is the people across the lake. Oh man, they got that wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> um, IMDb is funny, isn't it? Um, but yeah, that was definitely that was Valerie Harper, I think. People across the lake was that. Yeah, that was she Valerie was. Harper, and it was yeah. uh, I forget his Alicia. name. Uh, Major Dad, the guy that played Major yeah. Dad and Simon. Yeah. That's right. And I played their, their daughter's, you know, boyfriend. I had like one line I pulled, you know, I had rocker hair. And so I was in a band at the time and, you know, so I definitely fit the part. I get to, you know, fly up into Trans Am and, you know, see you later, babe. All right. <laughs> you know, parents, parents give her the slow burn going, why are you hanging out with that boy? 
So yeah. what'd you have before that? So what were some other roles that, uh, that should be on here? Um, geez, that's, that's interesting. Um, there was, there was some like, um, more made for CV stuff. Um, that was, that was a little bit before, uh, people across the lake. There was one, actually, no, it was a feature film called, uh, Watchers. Um, with, okay. um, with, yeah, that has with a, my, it's, not, it's on there. You're uh, oh, is it on there? Oh, on boy on bike. It's just above people across uh, the lake, but the uh, same year. Yeah, yeah. You see, you see, you know, it was a breakout year for me, man. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And then it seems, that it, and then it, then it took off from there. If you look at '89, it seems like yeah. you had a lot going on that year. You got into yeah, it was, voice acting. Yeah, yeah. It was it was kind of wild, dude. It was um, you know, like I say, kind of like it's almost like that critical mass starts to happen, right? And you know, because. You know, I'm obviously I was absolutely doing a backflip every time I got an audition, and then doing a double backflip every time I got the gig. <laughs> so you know, energy sort of builds upon energy, right? And you know, um, I mean, I'm I messed up so many auditions, but at the same time, I you know, I scored I scored some pretty some pretty fun stuff, which you know, to me kept telling me, okay, Matt, you're doing the right thing. Just keep going. Just keep going. You can do this. You know, and um, you know, it's interestingly enough, it's it's definitely served me as you know, I guess in a way, kind of uh, one of, you know, my life mantras really. Yeah. And you were yourself. So even though some of those ones that you think you messed up on, maybe if you change yeah. the way you approach things, maybe yeah. any, uh, any of these opportunities and you're a super positive guy just from just yeah. talking to you for a few minutes. So positive thinking yeah. yields positive results. Yeah. That's all. Awesome. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, you know, I'm not going to lie. Cause really interestingly enough, the last, if you talk to me, say this time last year, I was in the middle of a two year drought, you know, and, and it, and it was like, we're talking like it was dry and dusty. Um, you know, it, it didn't seem like I could, like I was reading for a bunch of stuff, but uh, it just seemed like, you know, it was that classic sort of period where they're like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We love what you do, Matt. It's not, it's not cause we don't love you. You know, it was just for whatever reason, you know, they're, they're like, they're just picking the other guy, you know? And, um, you know, so it's very, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it, it was humbling. And at the same time, it, it really allowed me to go back to really focus on, you know, what's important, right? You know, really what's important is show up every day for your life. And, you know, how can, how can I contribute? You know, so if I wasn't, say, doing new gigs, you know, I could be, I could share my wealth. So I started teaching a little bit and, you know, I, I started coaching people. And, you know, and then for me, um, you know, sports and particularly running and triathlon has always, you know, kept me really on a really good path as well so you know um so i really found a lot of the moments i was able to kind of go like wow how lucky am i one i've got a you know a, a pretty good amount of savings so i'm i feel like it's really blessed kind of in a way having a forced vacation for you know say a year and a half to two years you know and and, and get to go like spend all day out and you know swim biking and running and you know um and doing that kind of stuff right as opposed to sitting at home going like ah you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And you had a beautiful place to do it. Vancouver here is beautiful. Oh. We never, we never made it up there. We went to, we got married at Niagara Falls and hung out in Toronto oh, nice. for days. But uh, no, we should never. We're going to be able to visit and go back. But uh, so, how did you get well, started in voice acting? How did that come about? What? Yeah, the very first um, audition my agent sent me out for um, was a one of the last live radio broadcasts that CBC ever did. So CBC is our national broadcaster, so yeah. kind of like NPR yeah, uh, radio. Okay. 
And um, and so it's from coast to coast, and it's with a little this show called Shagatusa, which was about this fictional Italian family that um, you know work have this deli uh, at a at a public market, kind of like you know Seattle public market. Yeah. Um, or like you know, there's probably something of the equivalent in in Portland, I'm sure. Um, so you know, it's a place where the community goes, and it's all based here. It's all based around the wall, around the ocean, right? And so this this family was you know fictional family. Um, once a week, we basically tuned into the Gattuso family and I played their young son and, you know, me and my sister and then my, you know, mom and dad and, you know, the, the crazy characters that inhabited the, you know, in and around the deli, um, you know, and, and so it was a really neat way to really cut my teeth in terms of like, you know, live performance. Um, and also, uh, you know, as I never forget, it was um, the director said, OK, I'm going to ask two things from you. I know this is your first gig. I know, you know, I hired you. You're going to do great. That's why I hired you. Now I need you to remember, do not swear because this thing is live across the country and there's no kind of delay, not enough of a delay to, you know, be able to do anything. And, and I, I remember like, I didn't trust myself enough. So I had to write that on my hand. Saying, Don't <laughs> swear. <laughs> and, uh, you know, cause I was so, it was two things, right? Cause he said like, it's live across the country. And I went like, whoa. <laughs> Big country, <laughs> you yes. know what I mean. Yeah. You know, so I was thinking, this is so cool, you know. And at the same time, then you know, then wrought with fear, going like, okay, don't swear. Oh my God, don't you know? It's uh, it was uh, it was a neat way to to really jump in, um, you know. And we did that for I guess what like three seasons. Oh wow. Um, you know, and actually, I have my buddy Jason Priestley to thank for that because you know, um, a, a pal from from my hometown in uh, Ladner and Tawasson, he'd just gone to L.A. Um, to then obviously, you know, go into, um, 90210. Yeah. And so, you know, he had recommended me to a few of the people cause we were in acting school together. And, um, so it was kind of cool, you know, a little bit of a nod from, from, uh, you know, a fellow brother. Yeah. That's uh, really and, cool. Uh, yeah. So that was, uh, it's always, I've always felt very, uh, very fortunate that way. You know, that's awesome. Do you guys still keep in touch? Uh, not as much. I mean, um, you know, I saw him a few years ago. Um, thus, I guess last time I was in LA, um, guys, this is actually more like a maybe a decade ago almost. Um, I ran into him, but uh, you know, I, I just love you know. It's uh, it's one of those things I think about being Canadian. You kind of always feel like you know could kind of probably pick up the phone and go, "Hey, brother, how you yeah. doing, man?" Yeah, yeah. You know? or if, you, or if you're uh, if you're stuck somewhere, like Canadian people can just talk to each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, sorry, uh, can you help me out? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And now, so so. It's pretty early on. You got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three, like real early on in your career. How do you remember, like how that came about, like the whole process? Oh my god, yeah, dude, I remember that like it's like yesterday. It was like, or sorry, yes, yeah, like a day ago. Um, You know, because for me, athletics has always been a big part of also my sort of way, like I'd say, you know, to sort of keep me in shape, but but also keep my head in the game. Um, and so when Turtles came around, I mean, I knew of the Turtles franchise, but I wasn't like a big, I've never played video games. I ne- wasn't into computers. Um, I didn't, you know what I mean? So I didn't, and I didn't yeah. read comics. So I didn't know sort of like the, the mass, you know, hysteria that, that was surrounding this thing. Um, until quite honestly, until we, like, I, I went up for the first, you know, we, I guess we had about maybe three auditions for it. Um, and the very first time I knew I'd found the right sort of calling was when the director from Hong Kong or the producer 
Um, and he said, okay, now, uh, do you know how to do a, a flip? Right? And I'm thinking, I think he said flip. And then, you know, the positive side of me said, you know what? I have no idea how to do one right now, but I bet you I can learn really fast. Um, and, and I said, yeah, absolutely. I can do a flip. And and uh, I said, but I don't want to do it here just because I don't want to hit anybody, you know, because I don't really trust my trajectory. <laughs> he wow. goes, oh, no, no, that's okay. That's okay. And, the, and he goes, but he put this. So they literally had us audition. Um, one of the scenes from Turtles 1 where Casey Jones and, and Raph have that big, huge, massive fight in the park. Like, you yeah. know, where he's. You know, where he's like, oh, how, you know, a Jose can psycho bat. You, you know, like, you know, <laughs> yes. that. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and so I literally memorized that scene, like, word for word, move for move, like, the, the you know, the biggest kabuki theater actor I could, I could pull. Um, because they said, the only thing we have to do is we'll give this, we'll put this paper bag on your head. Because you have to be blind, deaf, and dumb. Because we really need to see if this character can really exude through your body right and your movements and uh you know so thank god i kind of had you know i guess in that way a bit of an athletic background um you know and then they allowed i guess they could see that they could do it after the third audition that's when they said okay now what we're going to do is we're going to pair you with one of the other guys that we're um considering as being um say michelangelo's uh stunt guy um, or martial arts guy sorry um and that's a, a gentleman by the name of shishir inakalia who's an eighth degree black belt master in, in uh, Filipino stick fighting called Arnis. And he just happened to live in Burnaby, which is like a suburb of Vancouver. Oh, okay. uh, and so, you know, so they went, Oh, perfect. We can hire Raphael from Vancouver. We can hire Shashir, you know, who's, who's Michelangelo's stunt guy or um, uh, martial artist. And um, so they paired us together to train um, for about six months um, before we did the gig, because when we actually filmed, so you see all the massive choreographed fight scenes? Yeah. Those are all world-class martial artists and other stunt guys that, that are doing that stuff, except for usually the punch in and the kick in or the kick out. So they would, they, you know, all hell be breaking loose. And then, like, you know, then one of the turtles has, like, a line, like, what, you kidding me? You know, and I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, hey, I picked the wrong day to jump and, you know, say I want to go for a walk or something like that. They would insert us. We would do a punch and a kick and maybe, like, a combination – um, and then say the line and then they, you know, all hell would break loose again because then, you know, the, the you know, the Raphael and the other turtles, um, uh, you know, uh, martial artists would step in because those were all those guys were like as accomplished as um, Tashir was. Right. All like, you know, like eighth degree black belt masters that could kick your, you know what. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but the nicest guys in the entire planet, you know. Yeah, so that's great. So during when you were filming, I was wondering that because I went and bet, watched some of it today. So you guys were reciting the lines during the scenes? Yeah, because originally, um, because I was a voice actor, I was really excited because for a little while, they were they were saying that there was a possibility that I might be able to do Raphael, you know, the voice for the movie. So, you know, for me, that would have been the icing on the cake, right? Be yeah. the guy in, you know, the actor in the suit and then also, you know, be able to, you know, hear, hear my voice. Um, but the, the gentleman who had done it in Turtles number two, I believe. No, was it one or two? It was one or two because he didn't come back for one of them. But then at the end, he decided he did want to do the voice um, for him when, you know, when Turtles 3 was finished. So, you know, obviously they said, they said you, you know, you're going to do it uh, or that guy's going to do it. Um, and, uh, you know, so when we were actually filming... I would hear my puppeteer, uh, who was, did you ever watch Sesame Street when you were a kid? Yeah. Do you remember Snuffleupagus? Oh, yeah. 
Okay, well, my my puppeteer, Noel McNeil, is uh, the the puppeteer for Snuffleupagus. Look at that. So, uh, you know, so the whole time so cool. he was he was controlling like your eyes yeah. and the mouth and all of that. Okay. Yeah, literally. Yeah. So imagine like a really, 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 like really tight fitting, uh, you know, hat that goes all the way around your head and your face and your mouth and, and basically your whole body. And then ha- hear like all these motors and servos and like, you know, different little like. Wow. <laughs> and that's what, that's what it sounded like inside my head, except every once in a while I hear my earpiece, you know, I'd hear Noel's voice, you know, Matt, go left, Matt. <laughs> Matt, go left. You know, and then I hit a wall or something. He's like, I said, go left. It's <laughs> <laughs> so really like blind, deaf, and dumb, right? You know, I mean, we they they finally made little uh, you know eye holes underneath. Like if you watch the the sort of like the um, if you watch the movie, you can just see where they may have like sort of pulled the eyepiece down a bit, so that we could see literally to literally be able to navigate, you know, our way across a walkway or you know. Um, I mean, God, we fell off, like we fell off walls. We fell off the stage. We fell into like, you know, a, a swamp that, you know, that we were walking, doing scenes by. And oh yeah, it was, it was like, in, it was crazy. <laughs> oh, wow. And it was it all filled in, uh, it filmed in Astoria? Yes. Yeah. Cause originally they were going to film it in Vancouver, but then the work to write States um, happened. So um, w- meaning like half the crew could be non-union. And so uh, okay. Oregon, obviously, you know, they, they, they offered uh, obviously probably a really great, um, you know, production deal. Um, and so, um, yeah, I think at the same time, I think, um, what do you call it? Um, uh, what was that? Um, Twins, I think was filming just, just up the road. And yeah, yeah. Uh, another, a lot of them, a lot of those movies filmed at the same time. Uh, yeah. Kindergarten yeah. Cop was like a little bit after That's that. It. it was like a good, That's like it. probably like yeah. eight year run. Cause Goonies was yeah. filmed there. So they were offering oh, yeah. like, tax credits like crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, it's yeah. so funny. So I don't, oh, I'm sorry. No, no. So, so that's why they ended up choosing partly. Um, uh, what do you call it? Because originally we were going to go shoot it in um, in Japan, which I was so stoked. I bet. Um, but then you know, then they went, oh, very expensive, and so uh, you know, um, we went to Oregon because it obviously had you know the trees and stuff like that. They they look a lot like obviously you know, um, and they I mean you know let's they built this beautiful. Um, like completely authentic 13th century um, Japanese village. I mean, it was absolutely um, unbelievable what they built up there. I was just in awe, you know, every time we'd be up there filming. Um, it was, uh, and that was about maybe a half hour um, drive out, outside of Portland or oh, out, yeah. outside, uh, outside of Seaside, actually. That's where we're staying. Oh, cool. Hey, do you remember how long the shoot was? Yeah, it was about three months. Three months, and it, it was literally two weeks after we got there, probably the hottest heat wave that Oregon and the West Coast had had in like a decade. Oh, it no. was so hot. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the, one time our suits kind of like, you know, registered in at a, like well over 100 degrees. So it was, uh, yeah, I, I, I lost like 15 pounds doing that show. <laughs> wow. So you, you, probably, you guys probably had to like pop in and out of the outfits so often or just fight right Well, that's the thing. Back then, it was, you know, those are the old school ones, right? And so, um, really, from start to finish, it was about a, about a two and a half hour process. Oh, so, wow. So, they couldn't just sort of whip us in and out. So, what they did is they, they took the heating elements out of hair dryers. And so, whenever we'd get to the point where we were going to, you know, pass out, 
um, you know, we'd sort of like one of us would put our hands up and be like, all right, tap out, tap out. And, you know, they cut and, you know, they'd open up our, our mouth and uh, literally our, uh, our, our puppeteer would, uh, or sorry, our, um, our dresser uh, would be shooting this like Luke, you know, Luke cold um, uh, air, but uh, thankfully, cause it didn't have the heating, heating element in right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, oh yeah, no, I probably drank like, oh man seven liters of, of fluid a day. And I probably took a, you know, took maybe two peas <laughs> once in the morning and once in the, once at, the, once at night. <laughs> wow. That's intense. So it's funny. I'm actually interviewing. I don't know if you remember. I, I, I'm sure it's tight knit when you're on the set, but he was one of the puppeteers for, uh, for splinter. His name was t- oh, cool. Tim Lawrence. Does that ring a bell? Oh yeah. That is yeah. so cool. When did you, did you just interview him like recently? I'm actually talking to him tomorrow. Oh, cool. I don't know if he'd remember me, but to, you know, say, yo, hey, Kelbunga from Raf. I will. I will. No, he, uh, very interesting guy. He, he's done a bunch of puppeteer work. So, uh, no, I was like, wow. you know what? Maybe they know each other, but uh, no, I'll definitely yeah. let him know. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, and, that's then, not- <laughs> and then years later, you, you did get your calling. You were able to voice the, voice Raphael on that uh fox kids live action show yes i thanks for bringing that up because i felt like okay um they they'd originally they asked me if i would you know jump in the suit again and um you know nothing against the local production company who was doing the show for you know for um for fox kids um but i knew it was gonna be um i i, I felt like my gut was saying I had such a great run being Raph, you know, in the film. So if they were going to offer me to, to do the voice, like, first of all, to get in the suit again, um, I politely declined um, and, and kind of hedged my bets on hoping that they would, you know, ask if I would do the voice and, uh, and they did. So uh, I felt very, very, very grateful. So, That's awesome. um, you know, me and Raph kind of got to sort of like solidify our relationship, if you know what I mean, you know? So I felt like we truly became like one guy, you know? No, that's cool. You're the only person that had the opportunity to do both. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which is pretty neat. That was really cool. That was really cool. You know, and, and, um, you know, and dude, seriously, never did I think that this, you know, when we were filming, um, you know, especially in, in, um, Astoria, like the mania that was happening, like we'd be walking down the streets and so people, you know, obviously they wouldn't, they didn't know we were the turtles, but, but, you know, if somebody kind of like let word that, Hey, the turtles are coming down, you know, we're walking down the street or whatever, like people were just going nuts, you know? And, uh, you know, I remember being sitting there in my suit on set and I'd be sort of resting, but then I'd hear this muffled, um, you know, Matt, just put your arms out. And so I literally would put my arm out. And then later on, people would show me that like all these people were filing through taking pictures with us and uh, I couldn't even see them. Right. So, you know, I saw I had like little babies in my arms. I had, you know, like newlyweds. I had, you know, I think one guy asked his gal to marry him when he was on the set of the, you know, film. And you know what I mean? It was like, (laughs) it was, it was, you know, it was like, it was a, there was a very, very, um, what's the word? Strong fan following. How's that? Yeah. yeah. If you think about it like this, within the first one came out in 90, this one came yeah. out in 93. So three yeah. films oh, yeah. that were very successful in, you know, yeah. Yeah. that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I know I was, I was, um, I was almost going to get the chance to play him again. Um, it was around 1990 maybe 97 and um abc had a script 
and it was a mini series. So literally it was, so it was, it was like two or three, two hour, you know, like a made for TV over three, you know, I guess that's a mini series, right? So yeah. two, three, two hour movies over, so over three nights or whatever. Um, and it was the turtles 15 years later. So they were living, you know, amongst everybody in New York, like, you know, Mikey had his own surf shop and, you know, Raph, like, you know, was like a security guard. He owned like a company, you know, like stuff like that, where um, it really showed that, you know, the turtles had really integrated into society. Right. And yeah. um, I was so excited because I was finally going to get to go to England and, you know, go to the, you know, Jim Henson's creature shop. And, oh, yeah. um, you know, cause I was all set to, to get in a suit again. And, um, and then they, um, the ABC decided not to do it. So oh, man. Un- unfortunately it was not to be a third time. Man, I wonder if so. I could find, usually you can find some of those like old scripts online. Yeah. Maybe since oh, it was a mini series, maybe I couldn't find it, but I'm definitely yeah. going to look for that. That sounds like a yeah, cool concept, you can. You know, 15 years later, seeing yeah, what everybody's doing. And now that would yeah. be awesome. I know. That's what I thought was so cool about it. You know, and I think obviously, you know, um, you know, good on ABC for even considering it. Cause I thought, Oh man, that is bold. I think that's so cool to do, you know? So, um, but, uh, you know, I, you know, will they ever go back and say, do like a, say a classic old school, you know, getting guys in the suit? I doubt it. Um, but, uh, you know, who knows? Right. I wish it, it just looks so much better. Oh, I agree with you. You know, you, you know, sure, Michael Bay can, can make, you know, or whoever it is that, you know, are doing like the big CG, you know, versions and stuff of it. I mean, you can make anything look huge and muscly, but I don't know. You just kind of lose the, what I think is kind of the, the essence of the sort of like the turtles, you know? Yeah. No, no, it just doesn't you know, look real. Like you can't conceptualize yeah. it. You can't like think like I can see this right now, not them like yeah. flying yeah. off, you know, in the new movies yeah. I saw, but. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, it's awesome. Yeah. And then in between the two turtle jobs, you're on a pretty another big hit show. I remember having it was funny, I actually had the toy that was you from Street Sharks. Oh dude. Wow. You're singing my song, brother. That was a big that was <laughs> yeah. a big show. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, man. How many, how many, I don't even know how many seasons we did on that. I think it was three like, or three? four. But uh three, yeah, I remember it'd be four, like yeah. the, it was like the biggest I remember the action figures like super bulky and like big and oh yeah jab that's so cool <laughs> yep i feel very blessed man it's uh you know um when i get to look back on it and and especially you know talk to people about it um you know like i say i'm like wow man it's uh it's kind of a lovely road you get to walk you know yeah it'd be really cool if somewhere you had i don't know if you you might even have something like this, like almost like some piece of artwork with like everybody in a row, like all the characters, like Raphael, like sitting oh. with, you know, Jab and then Ed and man, it was just, it's oh, really cool. Actually, you, just, you just gave me an idea. That might be a really cool way to sort of put something like an, yeah. almost like an homage to a career or something, you know, maybe how about we, I'll have this conversation when I'm 80 and okay. hopefully I'm still doing, 
hopefully I'm still doing voices, you know, and, and then, uh, then I can put that together. You know? Totally. Totally. <laughs> yeah. So then right after that, well, not exactly right after that, but then you land. Yeah. Honestly, I remember Cartoon Network when it started. It must have been yeah. early '90s. It was more like throwback cartoons, and yeah. And then they started doing their own. And I think it was like Ed, Ed, and Eddie, Cow and Chicken. I think those were yeah. like some of the first ones. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh the Eds. Um. You know the same thing, man. I never knew when you know we sort of you know because for us as an actor it's always in in that respect it's always the same thing in terms of oh okay you know say in this case you don't you don't have the show yet but you see our agent will phone and say hey you know matt you you might be good for this role or or you know hey we've submitted you for this um it so that's always the same right it's but at this but then now um you know looking at say some of the shows like why did some hit like that and and why did some of them not hit right yeah um you know, but a show like Ed, Ed, and Eddie, um, oh my God, we, you know, the three Eds and then the rest of the cast as well, you know, it was like a seven, eight callback situation, you know, almost like breaking records in Vancouver in terms of, you know, the number of, of times that, you know, it kind of took to, to bring the cast together. And, oh, really? uh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, and the whole time, you know, I mean, I gotta, I gotta hand it to the creator, Danny Antonucci, because, you know, he is one of the, like truly one of the guys that I've ever worked with that he, he always had a storyboard, but so much of it was just completely in his head that until he heard exactly the way that he wanted the line to go, he wouldn't let it go. Right. And so, you know, sometimes it made for a bit of frustration because, you know, we'd be going like, dude, tell me, you know, like Ed would be going like, you know, Oh, how do I say this this way? He goes, I don't know, but it doesn't sound good. Do it better. You know? And you know, you're going like, uh, how do I do it this way? You know, and <laughs> you know, so we do like I think I think my my record was something like twenty two takes on one line. Wow. You know, and and uh, oh yeah, I mean I got the part by mistake because it was literally I was so confused on what they wanted because by the by the time we got to about the seventh audition, they had nailed it down to the three ads um, in terms of us like sort of reading all the lines together. So they put us in the studio and, and like, same thing. We just run scene after scene after scene. I was so confused. I could tell that I thought, you know what? We, we all felt like Danny was going to go, you know what? Ollie, get the hell out of here. None of you are right. That, you know, none of you are right for this. And so out of desperation, I literally, I'll never forget it. I, I tapped the mic, which you never do, right? So, the, yeah. you know, in, in the booth, it went like, boof, boof, or in the studio uh, or in the control room, you know, so they look up and I go, ah. Oh, uh, how do you get water from this thing here? Right? And I talk, like completely out of nowhere. And I see Danny and I hear him go, holy shit, that's the voice. I'm like, how do you get this water from this thing here? He's like, yes, just do that. I don't care what else you do, just do that. And, uh, you know, and so thankfully they've been recording the auditions or the callbacks because that was my go-to line for probably like easily the first six or seven episodes whenever I would not be in the sort of ed zone, um, you know, Danny would be like, play that thing again, play that thing he did, you know? And, you know, and, and, and thankfully they caught that because that really like saved my, you know, proverbial, you know, uh, uh, buttocks, you know? Yeah. So. That's amazing. So that just popped into your head out of desperation. Oh, completely out of desperation, dude. I, Cause I truly didn't know what they were. So I was just, instead of going like, you guys don't know what the hell you want. And I just kind of channeled it and went like, uh, you know, how do you get water from this thing? Cause they kept saying, 
Ed is like completely like dumb, completely doesn't understand, kind of comes out of left field from everywhere. I remember trying to work with that, um, you know, because Double D is like the scientist and he's very, you know, oh, messy, 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 you know, and, you know, Ed, he's the scammer, right? And so they were set. And, but then Ed was like, you know, to this day, it's the only show that they, they openly um, encouraged me to not read the script before we started to, to really? record. No, because they didn't want me to prepare it because they wanted Ed to to so come out of left field, you know, and that made for some pretty scary moments because, you know, as an actor, you want to learn the script and, and sort of be able to kind of like play and, you know, and, and craft it. But for Ed, it was completely like 180. It was, you know, um, it, it was such an oddly beautiful experience, you know, and, uh, um, you know, and I am happy to say that um, I still, you know, I, I get asked to, to go to fan conventions and um, oh, that's awesome! You know, I send out uh, send out lots of uh, you know photos of Ed and, and stuff like that. So I feel you know Raphael as well. I mean, it's like you know, especially those two. I think because in the consciousness, maybe it's you know, it, it they're 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 two pretty iconic franchises, I guess. In oh, a way, right? definitely. Yeah, yeah. So I feel very very fortunate to have you know wh- wh- whatever my parts are. I feel pretty 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 honored. Yeah, I would say Ed, Ed, and Eddie, if you really look at it, out of those shows that started early on, mm. on Cartoon Network, that one lasted the longest. Oh, dude, absolutely. Was, you know, remember Danny always said, because again, I wasn't an internet guy. So I didn't, I didn't look at stuff like that. He'd come in and be like, hey, fellas, we're number one again in, you know, blah, 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 markets. And, you know, hey, you know, five million kids are watching our show you know, every year. And, and at the time, you know, we thought like, oh, that's kind of cool, you know? Yeah. You know, but as actors, it's like, oh, okay, great. You know, I mean, we were happy to be part of it, but at the same time, it was like, okay, all right, let's record the show, you know, we'll get her done. And, um, you know, but in all honesty, for me personally, um, you know, it wasn't until maybe like in 2008 when um, I took off with my, with my former gal and uh, we ran around North America and it was for, you know, to meet kids and, and um, you know, help them make healthy choices for themselves and for the planet. But it was also speaking to those kids that little did I know that. So like 20 years later, well, maybe not 20, but you know, I guess what, 2008, when we started Ed's, it was like what, 1999 yeah. or 1980. So, so, you know, a few, a few years had gone by. Um, but little did I know that these two characters in particularly had really been such a huge part of so many kids' childhoods. You know, and, and then teachers that we would meet, you know, that the schools and stuff that we presented to. Um, and, and it was such an amazing, um, almost like a, a slap in the face of awesomeness. Because these, you know, these schools were just like freaking out because the voice of Ed was, you know, now running to his, to their school. And, you know, they were going to talk about the environment. Right. And, um, you know, but it took me a while to kind of like embrace it and actually go, holy shit, I was <laughs> part of this show. So it's okay to actually... It's okay to use it to talk to these kids and, and inspire them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because, you know, I mean, and even like, like we're talking like even, even adults, you know, like who are now teachers, you know, would, would come up to me and just go like, dude, seriously, you do not know how much the Ninja Turtles helped me, you know, decide to become a teacher because I was bullied in school and, you know, I, and I, and I did, and, and watching the turtles really helped me live by a code and, and that it was okay to be different because it didn't mean that you were any less than anyone else, you know? And, um, you know, so I'd have all these like um, unbelievable moments like that, 
Um, you know, and then the kids just like literally going like, ah! <laughs> you know, it was, you know, it was a, quite a, quite a humbling experience, but yet at the same time, it was, you know, one of those little magic, I think in a way, almost like an, a tip of the hat of, of, of a job well done, I think, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If you're, you're, while you're doing it, you're not realizing it until, wow, this reception. Exactly. Or when you were yeah. filming, when you were filming Teenage Mutant Turtles, you're like, all these people are going nuts. And like you said, you were holding babies and people are proposing. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You know, it's wild. I mean, you know, I got a bit of a taste of it. Like when we went to the premiere at, at uh, what do you call it? Man's Chinese theater. Yeah. I was like, this is kind of cool, man. This is like my first kind of like, you know, bona fide, you know, big, big franchise movie premiere. You know, I mean, nobody knew how the hell, who the hell I was, but that's okay. You know, I, uh, you know, I was, I was just part of this phenomenon that, uh, you know, was in that case, the turtles. Right. Yeah. And what did you, what, what was your take on the movie? Did you watch the other ones prior at all? I watched number one religiously because to me, that's the one that I kind of like emotionally coded on. Yeah. Um, and I really liked it. I mean, I thought, um, I thought all the actors just did such an amazing job, which could have been a really cheesy, kitschy, um, series, but they, they, I don't know. I just think they kicked ass, you know, yeah. um, they, they brought, they brought so much realism to it. Um, and you know, and I, I mean, I think, um, whatchamacallit, uh, um, the actor who played Casey Jones, I think is just a rock star, man. He, yeah. he's so, such a good actor and he was, you know, so fun. And, and, uh, you know, and Paige Turco was just such a, you know, she's just a, a doll. So, so beautiful to work with, you know? And, um, and so, I just, I don't know, almost out of respect for the process. I didn't really, I've never watched actually number two, so I have no idea. Is it, is it good? No, it's pretty good. I loved all of them. Like even, yeah. it was like nostalgic today. I'm like, you know, let me go back and watch it because <clears throat> I work from yeah. home and I'm like, man, this is nice. awesome. It was so cool. Like, and then knowing it was in Astoria and like we've been, we've lived out there and like yeah. there. Totally. So it's like, we're looking, I'm looking at the trees and everything. I'm like, man, this looks so familiar. That's so neat. That is kind of cool, isn't it? Yeah, it was, it was a cool concept because at the time oh, they had. I, I, I was I was never a big comic guy, so I knew they did have like Turtles in Time, but they had the video yeah. game that was Turtles in Time. So it was cool that they chose. You know, they had to choose any period, so it could have been medieval, it could have been yeah. anything. And I thought that was a really cool period for them to go back to. Yeah. Oh, I completely agree. Yeah. No, absolutely. You know, and I think it really showcased unbelievable talent um you know of everybody obviously that was you know was part of it right so um you know yeah i mean it's really um you know i i think by the end of it i have no idea if there had ever been plans to do like a, a, a you know a, a turtle four in terms of say like the classic in the suits um but i i mean i, I maybe not maybe it was just because it, it you know there were those um you know because you're saying that there was three comic books in terms of like those sorts of the theme you mean yeah, well, there was more comics, and it's funny. Like on the yeah. internet, you could see all these stories. So I don't know how a hundred percent this is true, but the guy who created uh, the turtles, uh, what is it, Peter Laird? Yeah, you're saying Daniel Laird. They were going to actually. Nope, Peter, yeah. What was that? Yeah, you were right. Okay, good. Yeah, so uh, they were going to make a fourth movie, and it was going to called be called the Next Mutation, and I think to honor him. Or to honor someone, they were going to have like a fifth turtle, but they never right. did it. And then they ended up having a fifth turtle in the live action, but they had the they had a female turtle, the one right. that you voiced, Raphael. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, it's uh, 
Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, hands down to them, man. I, you know, again, I, I love, um, it took a while before I, I heard sort of like the, the full story of where those guys, had, you know, were almost about to go to when they, you know, literally, you know, collectively pulled all of the last bits of their money before they had to just, you know, move home and go like, ah, oh, well, this is not going to happen, you know? And then this, you know, freaking phenomenon ends up happening like within a decade, you know, of of them, you know, selling, doing the comics and then, you know, putting these movies together. I think it's like, wow, man, another ode to, you know, staying in the game of your life and, you know, believing in yourself and your path. And, you know, you never know what, you know, you never know what's going to happen, right? No, you just have to really just positivity and just keep going for it. Man, that's definitely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. so, so you were in a lot of live action stuff too. So I'm not mm-hmm. going to go through it all, but uh, you're that you're in Shanghai nights. Yeah. My, with Jackie Chan and. Oh, brother. Yeah. You know, um, to get to hang out with, with a, a, a unbelievable human, um, like him for, you know, for the, for the week that we were together was just such a gift because, you know, um, I, you know, I always remember it, at that time, um, English was, a, you know, very much a second language, uh, for him. So when we started, he still had, um, you know, like the, his, um, script person that would decipher all his lines for him. And, uh, you know, so he was always studying the script, always making sure that he was getting it right. And, you know, just for added bonus, um, you know, the person who was working with them, she would write all his lines in Cantonese, but then also phonetically for in a way that I guess he could understand it. Right. Yeah. So every time it was his, like my POV on him, I would be holding this like chalkboard with like his lines um, written on them. So it was such a, it was such a fun way to do a show. <laughs> so I'm like, I got to hold Jackie Chan's cue cards. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, and, um, you know, in between takes, he would just literally just like juggle everything. You know, he, he was, um, you know, super, super chill, super professional. Um, you know, um, you could see why in just a little time that I was on the set that, you know, him and, uh, Owen Wilson, you know, you could see why them, you know, they, they could take a few years between movies and man, they, it's just like literally like, you know, they, they stopped a day or a day earlier and they took the weekend off, yeah. you know, cause the camaraderie was just like full on right um you know and uh yeah it was very it was uh i, I feel very very um like super blessed to be honest with you um to have been part of that because for me it was it was probably the last film um i mean never say never but um you know unless i decide to go back and do film and tv again maybe at some point um but you know for me to then be heading out and, you know, now speaking to kids, um, you know, the way I am with um, Run for One Planet, um, boy, it's sure neat to be able to go, okay, all right. That's kind of a neat way to, you know, if that's my swan song for film and TV, then that's, I feel super, super fortunate. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. No, <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. So is there anything that you were in uh, in the past that you're like, you know what, that just didn't get, like, the credit it was due? Like any shows or any cartoons or anything that you that you can recall that you're like man this is so good but just it didn't get yeah i mean there are you know there's see that's the one thing you never know right what's gonna hit and what yeah no that's true yeah you know like you really don't and and some things like you know you get on it and you go oh my god this is gonna go forever you know and it gets like it gets like 13 episodes and then they're like okay guys yep okay we're done you know and you're like what (laughs) you know 
Um, so it's like, yeah, I mean, nothing's really kind of popping out at me. Um, you know, cause I think in, in some respects, I, well, okay. There's a show called Stormhawks that I did, um, with, um, with Nerdcore. And, uh, that was one of those shows that I thought, man, it was so ahead of its time and it was so freaking cool. Um, that I, I thought, you know, we were slated to do 52 episodes and we got, literally, we got canceled. And I think it officially at like 48, um, they, the network didn't pick us up. And, um, you know, um, for me, it was good because we were just about to head out on the, on our 11,000 mile run around North America. So, um, timing wise, it, it was, it was a good time to not get picked up, but, uh, yeah. kind of, you know, sucked in that way because, you know, the character I got to play was, you know, just this fun loving dude that's just like, you know, loving life and always, you know, uh, helping the team. But, uh, you know, kind of like, I don't know, I, I felt quite an akin to him, you know? Yeah. Feel a connection with the characters. Yeah. yeah. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Exactly. So, yeah. so, I, so yeah. I think I know the answer to this question, but it's great that you actually do this. I think this is what you'd be doing full time if you weren't doing acting, but what would you be doing if you weren't acting? Oh, yeah, good. I think I heard what you just let in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's getting to do, you know, what I get to do, you know, in terms of like, um, you know, speaking to kids and, and really just helping be a champion for them. And, and, you know, from an early age, really to, to believe in the power that they have right now, you know, and, and that really, um, you know, as cheesy as this might sound, but really the superhero lives inside all of us. Right. Um, it's such a neat way to be able to, you know, in real time, go in there and, and, you know, share some voices with them and, and, and at the same time, so it makes them laugh and, you know, it makes their teachers realize, oh, wow, you're a good person. So, you know what, come on into our class, come on into our school, you know, um, because I think if anything, it really, um, it really gives me the, um, in a way that co- confirmation, how powerful a positive experience, the power of cartoons are and the power of the superhero, right? Um, you know, in this way, that's why I think people, you know, young and, and, and young at heart, you know, that are like in their nineties still can go to a movie, um, or, you know, or watch something on say, you know, television or animation. Um, and you know, it, it, you still, you still get to like really, um, you know, touch people's heart and, and make them laugh. Right. And, and in animation, you can do anything, right. You know, it's uh, it, that's what I love about it. That's awesome, man. Well, it was great talking to you. What kind of, what, Dude, project, what, so what projects are you, uh, what are you currently working on? I see a show, yeah. Super, Super Noobs. What's that about? Uh, yeah. Super Noobs, that's um, the, the brilliant creator, um, Scott Fellows, um, who, um, who did Johnny Test for a, another massive huge hit. Oh, for, yeah. Um, yeah, on Cartoon Network. Um, we did two seasons of that. And um, yeah, just had a blast working on that. It's been done now for about a year and a half. Oh, okay. Um, and I doubt it's, I don't think it's coming back. Um, but uh, yeah, so now, like I say, I'm just getting ready to, I'm doing lots of training. Um, and uh, we're, we're writing the, um, the material for the next uh, mission with kids, which will, um, it'll be, uh, I, if you can believe it, in a, a reverse direction of, um, of Run for One Planet. So we'll be going the opposite direction this time um, so that we can meet a whole new generation of kids um, kind of quote unquote in our backyard here from Vancouver, we'll, uh, we'll run down, you know, the, the West coast down to San Diego oh, and then nice. across the bottom of the States. We'll go to, um, we'll go to Florida and then up the East coast to, uh, to Canada. 
and then that will make a make a run for home across the top of Canada. So um, that's uh, that's that's coming together for next year. So that's awesome. Are you are you running through New Jersey? Yes, we will be. Oh, we'll be running. This one, I'm probably going to be on the road for probably about a year and a half because um, I'm like, we're we're going to mix it up this time. Instead of running the whole thing, I'm going to take a day in between and uh, just so that we can talk to more kids. Yeah. Because that's what we found, you know, doing the marathon each day was very, very, um, it was it was fun in that respect. But at the same time, we were constantly having to kind of go like, oh man, we'll have to catch you on the next one because, you know, people wanted us to stay longer, right? So um, on this one, I figure if I do, you know, what I call the mat style speed walk, um, it'll take a little longer, but it gives us a chance to to really meet, you know, kids where they live and, and um, you know, really dig this message deep with them. Yeah. So is there a way to, in, yeah, is there to track in, it? Yeah, May 2020. It's it's uh, so it'll be uh, so it'll be under the Run for One Planet banner. So runforoneplanet.org, and then the the and then the mission this time is called Fit Kids for a Fit Planet. Awesome. And that'll be that's the that'll be the website as well. So Fit um, Fit Kids K I D Z, um, and then uh, for a Fit Planet dot uh, org. But both will link to each other. Runforoneplanet.org will link to Fit Kids for a Fit Planet. So. I will keep a lookout for that. That's unseen. Maybe I can give you a high five. Dude, oh, wow. that would be phenomenal. I would be honored to, to high five. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome, man. Well, it was great. It was great talking to you. And I really appreciate hey, it. Doug, thank you, man. I really appreciate this. This, uh, you know, really, uh, I, I feel very fortunate to get, to keep talking about uh, this stuff. So yeah. thanks again, and brother. And you're great to talk to. What would you say would be the most thank iconic uh, Raphael line that people have you say? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, hey, uh, hey, yo, 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 Cowabunga there, my brothers and sisters. Always remember, believe in yourself, believe in your brothers and your sisters, and always help an old lady when she needs to cross the road because you never know sometime you might need the same hand up. Yo, yo, Cowabunga. That was the perfect way to end it. Thanks, Matt. You're amazing. and Thanks, uh, uh, Thanks, I'll, I'll definitely look out for you. <laughs> I look forward to it, brother. Matt was so great. I put him on the spot for a raft line, and he delivered. I'll definitely be meeting up with him when he runs through Jersey during his next campaign. Just give him a high five. You heard it right from the beginning of the story. He was determined. He saw the finish line, and he's still doing what he does because he loves it. Thanks again, Matt. And now the trailer for next week's movie. Yo, tell him where he's at, my brother. From the people that gave you Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, comes... Ace Ventura Jr., Pet Detective. Oh, oh my God. What? It's happening. Like father, like son. That's not normal. Ace? Find the scent. We can smell your fear. And follow the chase. Why do you keep doing that? That's just how I roll, baby. Tabby's been nabbing. I hear a whole lot of lost pets calling my name. Come to me, my jungle friend. Look for Ace Ventura Jr. Pet Detective. Alrighty then. Man, I wish I knew this existed a while ago. Because it works. It's really good. You can find Ace Ventura Jr. free on Amazon Prime. And then the following week, I'm interviewing 
no big deal. Ace Ventura Jr., Josh Flitter, fellow Jersey guy. So subscribe to us so you don't miss out on this one. Tell your friends because they'll love all of these stories and all of our reviews. And write us a review. It helps us out. And follow us on Twitter at SequelsOnly. Only.